This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. This is Simon Rose. He is Steve Kaplan. What do you have for us today? Well, today I have the news that the European Union has uh, announced it's going to require all small to medium portable electronics to have a common charging facility as of 2024. By a common charging facility, they mean USB-C. That's the sort uh, of is, overly one. It's the overly one. And unlike micro USB or mini USB, you can put it in either way up. So none of that peering at the socket oh, to try yes, and work out yes, which way up to put yes, things in. Yes. Oh, that it's, is not just me. <laughs> it's terribly clever. The electronics inside the cables is extraordinary just to make all this work. It's, it's just the, the most amazing piece of engineering. However, I'm guessing Apple might not be pleased because they don't use it, do they? They don't use it. They use it in the iPad. They use it in the uh, on their laptops and the iBook and MacBooks. So oh, they are not any of the ones I've got, it. but I've got old ones. No, the so. <laughs> more recent ones. Uh, they rumor has it that they're going to introduce it as of next year. They're saying it stifles innovation, but in fact, it makes it so much easier. Do you remember how it well, used to it, be? Except every time we had a new mobile yeah. phone, yeah, you yeah, have to try yes. and. Yes. You know, I can understand stayed. that, except it may work now, but will it work in the future? What happens if somebody comes up with another another wonderful charging thing that's actually cleverer, they won't be able to introduce it? Because uh, I'm they... looking to somebody's house where they'd got the, somebody we both know, but I won't say who, uh, where they'd had the, the, the sort of hi-fi electronics sort of wired in. So the walls has these phono sockets. You think, well, at the yes. time, it must have seemed incredibly sensible. Yes. No, I know what you mean. Well, there there is a new standard of USB, USB 4, which is about to come out, but it'll use the same sockets. Okay, oh, that's good. So they're, they're going to upgrade the standard, but with any luck, this is the one to stick with. And anyway, it, it applies not just to phones and tablets, but also to cordless mice, to keyboards, to sat-navs, headphones, digital cameras, Bluetooth speakers, Pretty much everything that's small. Yeah, a lot of retooling done. When's that coming to force? 2024. Mm-hmm. So you can expect to see all these things appearing well. As of, in fact, if you buy most electronics now, they will have USB-C connectors. And it just makes it, makes it so much easier than rummaging around for. Mm. And the thing is, when you used to buy you know, a phone or a Bluetooth speaker or whatever, and each one had its own proprietary charger, and it would never say on the charger itself what it was for. So I actually <laughs> I actually bought a gold pen, because you can't use a regular pen to write on a black plug. Yes. So I could write on the plugs what they actually charged. Otherwise, you're just hunting around for... And I've yes, got a I, box I, of these things lying I was around. To say, no I've got idea. a box of things, and my son keeps saying, well, what's this for? No idea. And I no, guess if you them away. use it in a year, just throw them away. Well, except then you're going to turn up the thing that it powers, and you're going to oh, think, damn, yeah. I wish I hadn't thrown that away. Yes, I know. Well, it's good to know we have the same problems. Um, so, okay, that's going to be all hunky-dory from 2024. What now? Well, on to Amazon. Amazon have announced a slew, a raft, a plethora 
of new devices. Right. Um, among which I'm going to pick out just three to, uh, to entertain you with. One, there's a new Echo Dot. The Echo Dot being the smallest and cheapest Amazon Echo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new one has better bass and clearer vocals, and it sells for £55 or 65 with a built-in clock. They also work as Wi-Fi extenders if you have bought into the Eero, E-E-R-O, the Amazon Eero Wi-Fi network. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's actually really clever. But if you have these things around your house, they will also extend your Wi-Fi while they're giving you Alexa in every room. Okay, well, I have... After you basically sort of drummed it into me, I've finally gone over to the Amazon um, Echo Dot. I have them dotted around my house. Would it be easy then for me to use them as Wi-Fi extenders, or do you have to do something very complicated? You have to. You have to get the uh, Amazon Eero Wi-Fi base station. So that's another thing you probably won't do. Okay, because that's very expensive. It's not very expensive, but you've probably already got one that works. Well, it's true, but my Wi-Fi is not great. I've got one extender in the house, and if I've realised I've actually got three that aren't being used... Oh, except, of course, sorry, my existing Amazon Dot, of course, won't do it, will it? It's only the new no. one. Oh, it's only right. the new one. That's good. You've just saved me some money. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> Delighted to hear it. There's a new Kindle out. There's always a new Kindle out. This is the new Kindle Scribe, and the new Kindle Scribe comes with a stylus, so you can write on the screen. For £330, which frankly is quite a lot, it's about £200 more, more than £200 more than the version without the Why stylus. would you want to write on the screen? Is this for people who used to get library books and scribble in the margin? That's the kind of thing, yes. So That's you can strange. make notes on... Imagine, imagine executives sitting on mountaintops with their cup of coffee making notes on presentations mm. that they've been sent. You're saying that with a smile, but it's probably happening at this moment. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it is. They're probably listening to Share Radio while they're doing it. Yes. But the, the the problem with it is, of course, that it, it's expensive. It's ridiculously expensive for what it is, and I'm, I'm not going to jump at that. However, here's a one interesting one. The Halo Rise is an entirely new product from Amazon. It's a sleep tracker, and it monitors your breathing, and uh, it prepares a report on how you're sleeping so the next day you can analyze your sleep and see just how well you slept but don't we sort of know that anyway somebody we says kind how of did know you that sleep? anyway you sort of have an answer usually you don't, you don't have <laughs> you to say do. hang on a second yes. i'll go to my halo rise i know but now you'll be able to say how did i sleep i'll show you how i slept oh yes so nobody will ever ask the question again because of the half hour it takes you to explain yes okay. exactly uh, there's no camera in it and there's no microphone in it it uses instead instead no contact low energy sensor which tracks it tracks the person nearest to it so if you have another person in your bed or if you have an animal in your bed or in fact another person and an animal let this let's stop there before it gets complicated yes 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 then it will it will only track you is the idea I mean, that's the idea. Whether it actually works or not is uh, is anyone's you, guess. You've talked about sleep trackers before, but you seem slightly sceptical in the past. I'm a little sceptical. What's good about this one is that it also monitors the temperature and humidity and brightness. And as well as showing your summary, it starts to glow with the sunrise. So you're, you're gradually woken up by, uh, by a rising oh, sun nice. in your bedroom. Uh, it can also have a smart alarm that will wake you at the ideal times. By monitoring your sleep, it will wake you when you're most receptive to being woken up. Not very handy if you've got a train to catch, but okay. 
No, you can tell it. I've got a train to catch. Oh, I see. Okay. Fine, um, fine, and fine. it uses a sleep analysis system called overnight polysomnography. Oh, yes. Well, we're all familiar with that. We're all familiar with that. So on sale, um, not yet in a few months' time, $140 is the US price. No UK price as yet. I imagine it'll be £140 because that's the way things are going these days. And we'll see. Who knows? Let's have one of these. So where now? Well, back in 2019, March 2019, in fact, on this very show, we talked about Google's new gaming platform, Stadia. Stadia was revolutionary in many ways. The two most significant ones being that all the games were played online. You didn't need any downloads. So you chose a game you wanted to play and you could start waiting, playing immediately without having to wait for the game to download. And in the, in the case of some games, there were, you know, four or five gigabytes and they would take mm. quite a long time to download to your computer. The other really clever thing about Stadia was if you got stuck and you went to YouTube to watch a video to how to get past a certain mm. point in the game, as a lot of people do, there's a vast market of people simply watching other people playing video games. You could then pause the video and jump into Stadia, into your game at that point, from the point that you'd been you'd got to when you're watching the YouTube video. That's clever. Isn't that clever? It yes. is clever. Sadly, they never got that to work, which is oh. a bit of a shame, which could be one of the reasons why they didn't quite get enough users, so they're closing it down, oh. which is a shame. They have, however, announced that anyone who bought hardware or controllers or whatever will be reimbursed the cost of the hardware that they that they bought. That's extraordinary. When have we ever heard of that with a piece of hardware? I know. It's absolutely astonishing. Wow. Absolutely astonishing. And they don't have to return the hardware. So you can you can keep whatever you bought and, I don't know, stick it on your shelf and then wonder what kind of charging cable went with it in 20 well, years' I'm time. I'm amazed on what is why they're doing it, because usually when things become defunct, you just shove them in a box. I think the backlash against them would be significant if they didn't do that. People say, "Oi, I shelled out for this, and so now yes, I can't use yes, it anymore." Yes, yes, yes. It's oh, a shame well. because it was a very, very clever system, and uh, my son was very into it and played the games a lot. And he's going to be very upset that they've closed it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but hmm. uh, let's have one of these as we take a brief breather. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. This is Simon Rose in conversation with Steve Kaplan as we talk about gadgets and gizmos. Um, you should know that we're well over 50 episodes of this on your favourite podcast platform. And if you want to listen to any of the other Share Radio podcasts, then put in Harken, H-R-K-N, without any of the vowels. Do a search in Spotify, Amazon or Apple Music and you will find all the Share Radio podcasts. So, Indeed. Steve Kaplan, on with the gadgets. Well, also worth pointing out that if you go to shareradio.co.uk, you can listen to all 386 right. previous episodes. I wasn't wanting to scare them. 50 <laughs> sounds manageable. 300 if they want to go back to the start. It's quite a long time ago. It's okay. quite a long time. 
I wonder how long it would take to listen to that. 386 episodes, half-hour episodes. So divide that by two and you get 193 hours. Uh, I tell you, yes, quite a mm. while. In other words. That would keep you going for a long, a long train journey, wouldn't it? Yes. Anyway, let's move on to today's uh, big mm. news. Tesla. Tesla have, well, they unveiled their, their robot that they talked about a few months ago. Mm. And Elon Musk got on stage and talked about the new autonomous, two-legged, anthropomorphic humanoid robot they were developing. And said, here it is. But someone, a man in a, in a robot suit came on, danced for a bit, and then went off because they didn't actually have it working at that point. They now do have it working. Well, they have two of them. They have one that walked on. Bumble C is its name. Quite a quite a cute little name for what a very uncute robot. It looks like it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator after all his flesh has been burnt off. You know, at the end of the Terminator, when yes. this humanoid yes. robot loses its humanoid qualities. Because you talk often about how they try to make them look more like humans, because otherwise yes. you get frightened of them. They don't seem to have bothered. Exactly. Well, they this one is very much in the development stage. If we walked on stage and it gave a little wave. And then it walked off stage again quite slowly. And it looked seriously scary. It looked like Arnie, but more so. Wow. Um, they also showed it a tether. This was a, apparently on this on stage moment was the first time it had ever walked entirely by itself without a tether. They showed it with a tether, uh, carrying boxes around, watering plants, you know, doing that kind of activity identifying which, what were the plants and what weren't for plants. So with, you know, onboard AI, so it knew what to water yes. and not what to water. So very clever. They also developed uh, the Optimus, which is a more sophisticated version that's closer to being released. But the Optimus can't yet walk by itself. So it had to be rather unceremoniously wheeled on stage by three technicians. It didn't look very good, really. I, I can't help feeling they won't get many people wanting to buy it if you have to actually wheel the robot around in order that it can water your plants. Well, the <laughs> idea is they will get it walking eventually. Elon Musk, ever bullish, says that this should be available for under $20,000. So not a vast amount if you want a robot to do more than just water your plants. Unless you've got I lots suppose... and lots of plants. Unless you've got a lot of plants. Well, I suppose the idea is that they could use it in factories to move boxes around. Yes. They could use it in greenhouses to water I'm sure they'll find a use for it. I'm sure they'll find a use for it. It doesn't look as if Skynet's about to take over the world anytime Not soon. Not just yet. A little, a little wait, I think. Okay, then let's have another one of these. And let us move on to the Miami millionaire Martin Mubarak, who is getting very big into NFTs. He decided that NFTs, non-fungible tokens, yeah. are the way forwards at around the time when the rest of the world is realizing that NFTs are a bit of a dead end. Anyway, right. he bought a painting by Frida Kahlo, the well-known Mexican mm. artist, and he has plans to tend sell 10,000 digital versions of this painting as non-fungible tokens. And the thing is, if it's 10,000 of them, it rather spoils the uniqueness of each one, which is, of course, the whole point of non-fungible yes. tokens. But they are non-fungible, whereas 10,000 of them are eminently fungible. So he uh, he says that this will the the results 
uh, will the proceeds rather produced by these sales will go fund to funding children's charities to the Frida Kahlo Museum and to the Palace of Fine Arts in Mexico. Palace of Fine Arts in Mexico, not very impressed, because at the launch, Martin Mubarak demonstrated the power of the NFTs by setting fire to the original painting. That's appalling. It's appalling. That's what they say. They say this is part of Mexico's cultural heritage, and this is an act of gross vandalism. So they're seeking legal advice to see if they can actually, I don't know, they can't get it back, of course. And they probably now can't no, they get could buy, buy 10,000 unfungible tokens of it. They could probably do that. But what an appalling thing to do. Yes, or, I agree. You know, if anyone involved in art to go ahead and do that. Awful. And talking of appalling things, or perhaps just curious, <laughs> yes, let okay. us uh, move on to our crowdfunding time of the week. Finger on the button, please. Yes. And there are a few things that men dislike more than shaving. And so more few things that they like more than a new gadget for shaving. Introducing Mo, the next generation razor, mm -hmm. as they call it. Right. The Mo, it works on a, a, a mowing machine principle, a lawnmower principle. It has a rotating drum, which has a yes. uh, perforated steel case around it so that you don't actually lacerate your face too much. And the idea is you run it over your face and with or without water, it will give you a close trouble-free shave, which all sounds very good. And for uh, £31, it's not that expensive. The problem is that when you go to Kickstarter and you have a look for the mode, there are lots of, as a first of all, there's a glossy promo video uh, showing uh, a man being delighted by being presented one of these things and throwing away his razor and shaving mm. foam and cutthroat razor. I don't know why he's got a cutthroat razor, but anyway, he's, he's discarding that as well. There is no video of someone actually using one of these things to shave their face. Ah. There's a video of a man who I presume is the inventor of the Mo holding a small child who is dragging the razor over a shaved portion of his face again and again. Mm but no video of it actually shaving. There is like a very short couple of second clip of what looks like someone shaving his face with it, which turns out, I think, to be an animation. And there are plenty of animations showing, you know, hairs being cut by this thing. So I, I emailed them and I said, look, why don't you show videos of people actually shaving with this thing? Otherwise, people might be led to believe that your product doesn't work. And they replied, Saying, uh, well, yes, we haven't. Uh, we had difficulty doing doing decent close-up video. I said, well, my telephone will do decent yes, close-up yes, video. Yes, yes. So it can't be that hard. Then they came back to me and said, hmm, okay, let me see if we can add some other videos. They're just not the best quality, as they were done in a testing lab. Give us a few hours to add them. That was two days ago, and they haven't added them yet. Right. So it just reiterates what I said very often: if something looks too good to be true, and there's no evidence yes, that it yes, actually yes. works then do beware and question these people because I don't think this actually does what it claims to do. If it Shame, did, because it's a nice idea. Because I've recently bought an electric razor because I got so fed up of just let me just scrape, you know, an yes. old blade across my face every blasted day. But of course they're not as good because of the foil it means it doesn't get as close as you'd like. 
Indeed. Well, when I was uh, in my early 20s and living uh, in Norwich, I went to the electric shaver shop in Norwich. And I said, look, I'm fed up with using one of these uh, things and dragging it over my face. That was in the days when you had to have a can of shaving cream that you had to shake yes. in order to release CFCs into the atmosphere before you could then shave. And I went in and I said, so what are the best um, battery, you know, best shavers, electric shavers you've got? And he showed me a whole selection. I said, well, this is very confusing. Which one do you use? And the man said, no, I use a wet razor. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, that's good enough for me. And I left the shop. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued. Certainly, it, mm. gives a, it does give a closer shave. I've never used the, um, um, the open-ended shaver. No. Blade. No. Too dangerous for me. Absolutely. Horribly dangerous. Slip and fall. Yes. yes. And then there wouldn't be a 388th mm. show. So we're still on the 387th. <laughs> so what now? Uh, well, moving on to there was quite a lot of news uh, recently about how animals are being pressed into service in a variety of quite surprising high tech environments. Mm. For example, a team at the University of Maryland had discovered that you can make zinc batteries from crab shells which makes them what? biodegradable. Exactly, exactly. So the zinc anode... Well, great for they use It's not very good for the crabs. Not good for the crabs. Well, I don't think they harvest the crabs just for their shells, but they, it's not just crab shells, lobster shells, in fact, uh, prawn shells. And certainly when you, when you eat a pint of prawns, as they are still occasionally sold, yeah. you end up with a pint glass, maybe two pint glasses full of discarded shells. So rather than just throwing these things in the bin where they will stink out your bin for quite some time, yes, they could be pressed to service to make batteries. Isn't that clever? It is. Do we think that feasible? I mean, I'm sure it is feasible to actually do it, but is it actually going to be economical to collect the shells? In well, order that's the problem. That's the problem, isn't it? Collecting the shells. No, that unless they set up a battery farm next to a seafood restaurant, that may be the only way <laughs> yes, of yes, doing it. True. Okay. What else? Or meanwhile, in Spain, a biologist and amateur beekeeper called Federica Bertuccini was uh, cleaning out her, her beehive, and in particular, trying to present prevent a parasite called the waxworm from getting in there because the yeah. waxworm destroys the beehive so she uh, put plastic bags over the beehive mm. standard shopping bags to try and keep the worms out and within 40 minutes she discovered that there were a lot of holes in the bag that the worms were eating them so she's done a lot more research into this and discovered that wax worms can actually devour polythene bags wow that sounds wow, impressive. Well, yeah, but hang on. But do they not then excrete something awful that's every bit as bad as the bag? Apparently not. Apparently not. No, they they, well, they biodegrade them. That'd be great, yes. So just plastic bags or lots of sorts of plastic? Lots of sorts of plastic. Oh. I mean they started with with uh, sort of polyethylene, but they will they will eat most things, apparently. Which is rather wonderful. And talking of animals that excrete, since hmm. you happen to bring it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A company called Semvita, based in Texas, mm. have developed a way of pumping microbes, especially developed microbes, not any old microbe, into old oil wells where they eat the oil and they excrete hydrogen. Now, that really what? is... What? 
they reckon that yes. they can then sell this clean hydrogen for less than a dollar a kilogram. I'm not sure how you. I mean, how big is a kilogram of hydrogen? I don't. I can't. I can't quite visualize it. Except a kilogram. It's kilogram by weight. I mean, presumably it's a lot because hydrogen's a gas and weighs next to nothing. Well, exactly. But That's presumably hydrogen strange. weighs more than air. It must do. I suppose, otherwise it would be floating away, wouldn't it? Yes, it must do. Yes. So a gallon of hydrogen could be like a room full. could be an awful lot of hydrogen. And if they can make that for less well, than a dollar... Sound, it does sound very clever. It does. So yeah. animals. But it is, it is interesting how so many of the best things we use do come from animals. I mean, you, you know, for clothing, you really can't beat wool or silk or down for pillows or, in no, fact, I've, leather for shoes and belts and bags uh, and all kinds I've just been given a collection of L78s made from shellac. Made from shellac. And Which still apparently is, is used for things like false nails and French polishing right? and things like that, yeah. Is shellac animal-based? Yes, from insects, yes. Oh, is it? Yes. And not from shells? No. Otherwise, they could turn L78s yes. to the batteries. <laughs> yes, or ashtrays, as many of many... People oh, did when yes. they went over to the newfangled gramophones instead. Exactly. Right, well, that's it, I'm afraid, for today's Gadget and Gizmos. But, uh, as Steve said, there you go. at least 50 episodes online and many, many more at shareradio.co.uk. Uh, we will be back, though, with more Gadget and Gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.